Hello everybody, welcome to the On The Line Tennis Podcast episode 19. Are you impressed Gav? 19 episodes. Always impressed every Always week. Always impressed. the number going up. I mean that's how numbers work but every week it it's indeed. like wow it's you know <laughs> it's getting on for a bit in terms of how long we've been doing it for. It is indeed yeah. Lo- lo- loads to cover this week I've got to say Gav. There's, seems to have been quite a lot on. We had the next gen ATP finals. We've got Guadalajara still going on. ATP finals still going on. Stockholm, Linz. How much did you see? I mean, it's hard to keep up, isn't it? I watch a lot of Stockholm and I watch a lot of the, the next gen finals. I mean, yeah. both in different channels, which just kind of sums up the tennis rights situation at the moment with regards to trying to follow the sport. But um, yeah. no, I mean, both very good events. Uh, Stockholm, I actually enjoy because uh, it's like one of the most traditional tournaments in the ATP Tour. I don't know if you've seen the film Borg McEnroe, but it's kind of like when Borg's training and like when he's a junior at the mm-hmm. tennis centre it's kind of like the venue for Stockholm similar to that very similar right. so it's traditional um, it's actually in a tennis uh, centre as well I think yeah so Andy Murray was saying kind of club feel to it which is good yeah um, I think it's been going since like 1975 so mm-hmm. bit of retro feel I like it yeah mm. it's cool before before we dive in this week Gav I've got a question for you up front I'm going to give it to you now and then you can ponder it throughout the episode rather than a uh, surprising you with it later on in the episode Brilliant, I've got time to prepare then exactly a little bit tough this one though so don't worry if you can't get it I, you know it, it takes a pretty good Andy fan I think but in losing to Tommy Paul this week in the Stockholm quarterfinals Andy Murray lost his fifth match this season to the eventual champion of the tournament he was playing in can you name the four other times this has happened Ooh. Um, well, I guess the obvious one. Wait, 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 wait. I'll, I'll ask you again later on, right. Gav. I'm just trying to just ask, does it include Challenger Tour as well? No, no, no. only ATP. Right, okay, so the Challenger in Italy doesn't count then the final. Oh, yeah, won. yeah. Good point. I'd forgotten yeah. about that. Yeah, that well, I get extra points for that. Like, you do, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a bonus point. There you go, Gav. One out of six. <laughs> right, have a, have a ponder of that one and I'll come back to that, okay? So I think we'll start with the next gen ATP finals. Let's go for it. How much did you see? Who were you impressed by? Obviously, Carlos Alcaraz, well, obviously I guess. Carlos but... Alcaraz. I watched quite mm-hmm. a bit of it. Being honest, I don't know. They kept trying to big up these new rules and stuff. Are they going to bring new fans into the sport? I'm not so convinced, really. When it's up to four, it's not really that much of a difference. You're still getting long matches. Yeah, we had, what, we had the two and a half hour match, I think, between, was it Alcaraz and, or was it Gaston and Corda, maybe? Gaston and Corda, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, it's a wee gimmick for me. It doesn't really feel like a prestigious event. I know that's probably not what they were going for. But it's a good platform to kind of show players that have succeeded in the champions uh, in the challenger tour, like Baez, who maybe pe- people in the mainstream haven't watched that much of. Yeah, I I hadn't seen much of him. Yeah, yeah, he gets to have that platform, but equally, it's like, well, you know, just the singles court fine, okay, it's not really, you know, it doesn't really matter to me whether it's a singles or doubles court. But, you know, a lot of the stuff like, do we really need to get rid of the warm up? It's two minutes, you know, does it really? Yeah, that is bizarre. People yeah. just seem to be so obsessed with getting rid of things and it's like, well, people can't concentrate for that long. It's like, well, they can't concentrate for that long and they're going to watch tennis anyway. I know, yeah, no. yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of just saying, is, is tennis the sport for you if you can't you know, yeah, concentrate on it? Yeah, on about it. Like, oh, we've, we've yeah. moved the warm-up. It's brilliant. It's like, not really. Players need to kind of be prepared. They're going to see better tennis if they get a warm-up. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't feel that at all. Yeah, I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think I agree with you there, Gav. I think so... Throughout the week, apart from Alcaraz, obviously, he was by far the most impressive player there. I was really impressed with Nakashima. I hadn't actually yeah. I hadn't seen him play as well as that, I don't think, especially against Korda, who 
honestly, I think Nakashima was probably the better player for large portions of the match. He was, he certainly was. But again, when Nakashima, I think it was just the unforced errors could kind of creep into his game a wee bit. Yeah. Whereas like Korra's maybe a bit more consistent, but I think Nakashima's firepower off the backhand side in particular, that's what really gave, gave me nothing away at all on the backhand. Yeah, like, it's a really solid shot. I mean, not many yeah. players that I've seen recently, up and coming players, have got that solid a backhand. We think that yeah. is money. You know what I mean? It's, it's a very special shot. Yeah, as you say, like he, he almost looked super, so solid, it's like unbreakable in a way. But then there was a break point in the fifth set against his serve, and mm. he hit his third backhand unforced error uh, on return in the match. It was so it was a break point on the Corda serve even, and that was his third backhand unforced error he'd hit in the whole match. So it, maybe yeah. just as soon as the pressure's on, tiny, tiny little bit of a of a vulnerability, maybe. Yeah, I think you know. I mean, I guess maybe. He's not used to maybe that much spotlight on him in a big, mm-hmm. uh, big ATP event. But uh, no, I was very impressed. I think he's going to have a very good career. Hopefully, I think next season he could maybe break through more in the mainstream. But um, he made his first ATP final this year in Los Cabos, so I mean, he's certainly in the right trajectory. You know what I mean? He's kind of kind of been under the radar as a very improved player. I've got to say. Um, yeah, just I, mean, I think he's the other players. So many good players now that maybe he kind of gets lost a wee bit. You know, you got Cord and you got Tiafo and Tommy Paul won the title in Stockholm. You've got so many, like a group of Americans now, like Fritz as well, Apelka, that's five Americans there who are really, really solid. So maybe if it was maybe 10 years ago, Nakashima would have got more praise. You know, yeah, but I mean, there. all five of those players you mentioned have improved from the previous season as well. Yeah, so, so it's, it's yeah. a good time for American men's tennis. Best time it's been in for a while. Yeah, still no players in the top 20, I don't think, but yeah, they're, but they're getting there, definitely. They're getting there, they're yeah. certainly getting there. Yeah, let's move on to, to Alcaraz a bit, because I just... The guy is outstanding. He's so good. I think everybody was pretty much had their had to pick their jaws up off the the floor after this week. Honestly, the the guy yeah, is insane. I mean, he just good. he made uh, everybody's favorite five seven Argentinian look like a basic bitch. I like. I thought that was very. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> that Barry Moon's quote by any chance? <laughs> no, no, that was all. That was all me, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah. I just uh, he looked amazing against him. He, he'd been so good. Uh, it's Baez, really, isn't it? Uh, mm. Baez had been so good all week, and Alcaraz was just like two levels above him, easily, just absolutely outstanding. And then in the final, oh my god, against yeah. Corda, incredible, isn't it? I mean, I thought in the first set, well, Corda's actually creating the better chances here. Yeah, it's been yeah. a very, very long, epic five-set match. We'd do a lot for the tournament, and then like an hour later, it's, it's over. It's like, yeah, happened there. Yeah, no. very big, big free vibes. You know, Djokovic and Nadal, when they're not playing their best, somehow they still manage to win yeah. a set like that, basically. You know, I think Corda won two more points than, than uh, Alcaraz in that first set. Bunch of break points saved with massive first serves, the same, the same as he'd been doing all week. He's just scary good. Like <laughs> No, after that first set, I think he maybe got extra confidence and just kind of free-flowed a wee bit more yeah. than he was at the start of the match. But like it's the power of the forehand side. I mean, he's he's 18 and he's already... like The firepower he's got is ridiculous. I mean, it's just a joke. It's the, oh. it's the power in defence as well, Gav. I don't think there's many new players. Well. You know, he's able to slide on the hardcore like, effectively. Yeah. He's got kind of every single facet in the game covered and people are saying the serve's a bit of a weakness. It's like, well... I think it's actually probably going to be one of his biggest strengths going forward. Yeah, after this week, under pressure, I think he just kept delivering first serves, saved 16 Mm. of 18 break points for the tournament. Just, you know, you can't argue with that. Exactly. Yeah, too good. Just an interesting little uh, comparison I saw earlier in the week. Chung and Tsitsipas uh, both made it to the semi-finals of the Australian Open straight after winning the next-gen ATP finals. 
So don't don't be surprised if see Alcaraz. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. In winning the tournament as well, he's he becomes the youngest person since Rafa in two thousand and four to win thirty matches on tour in a season. So there yep, you go. The comparisons are still there, aren't they? The comparisons continue. Yeah. yeah. Right, moving on. I think we'll move to Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say it. Yep. Yeah. How much of that have you seen so far? Seen quite a bit. Yeah. I think the crowd there. First of all, people saying, uh, you know, about the whole uh, WT finals moving from China thing, and oh, would it be as good? It is mm-hmm. like the crowd there have just been superb. You know what I mean? Cultivate, dominating, just continuing that freakish run of form. Yeah, yeah. She has yeah. been. There's a lot to be said, Gav. I was going to say, Contevate just, uh, she lost her last match she played against Muguruza. I think there's a lot to be said for playing a player who's already qualified for the the semis. Do you not think? Like, yeah. Do you not think Contevate looked a bit flat? In fact, I, I can tell you for a fact she was a bit flat because she'd hit sort of plus nine, plus ten winners done forced errors in her first two matches, went down to minus nine. I've been to the ATP finals before. I went on the Wednesday and uh, thankfully both matches were still kind of, you know, all players could qualify, but I would avoid like going to like the Thursday or Friday because you can get dead rubbers. I think that happened to Team last year, wasn't it? Again, Team Berrettini, or was it was that two years ago? I think uh, it was. It was. Good lives only win last year against Team. Oh, so the same team thing happens. Yeah, Team had already qualified. Right, right. I see. I've got his only win of the. So it did. Yeah, yeah. So it happened two years in a row to Team. Yeah. So that's probably the one downside of it, isn't it? Because like, you do want to see you know intense matches that you know something's on the line and that the risk is in the final stages of the round robin everything's been decided no, nice shoe in there Gav nice shoe in yeah on well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. the only merchandise from that as well yeah a big big uh, argument to to change the format to just a regular draw to be honest I think round robin maybe is a little dead literally yeah, sometimes it, it so. is good for the likes of um, Sinner now that comes in I guess as an alternate yeah. if he wins two matches he could maybe get to the semis and you know, who knows, That's true. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably good for for the event to have round robin just in case, like a home favorite, like a Berrettini lost his first match. I know he retired last night, but say mm-hmm. he lost that match and he was fine injury wise and he didn't have an injury, he'd still have a chance to play again in front of his home crowd and he could still potentially see him in the semi. So I get it from that point of view. Yeah, but, yeah, that's you're true. right. You can get dead rubbers and that that leads to flat, less intense matches, and it's not particularly good or interesting to watch. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. That kind of was the case with uh, Contevate and, and Muguruva, certainly. Bar that, though, there's been, there has been a lot of good matches this week, and I um, just wanted to quick, quickly, quickly touch on the conditions, actually. So Navratilova had been, you know, she, they talk about the, the high altitude and stuff, and Navratilova had been saying before the tournament she favoured players like Sviontek, players like Krejcikova have a lot of topspin because you control the ball better, basically. The ball doesn't fly on you as easily. I think we've seen all week, and this is what I would have thought would happen, it's very easy to rush the forehand of Shontek, for example, with mm-hmm. the extreme grip. You know, uh, okay, she's got a lot of topspin, but it's, you know, if you can get the ball to her forehand quickly, you're going to force a lot of errors in that wing, and that's exactly yeah. what happened against... I, mean, I think Bedosa said that as uh, well. Zachary. She had to flatten her strokes out a wee bit, um, yeah. a wee bit more than usual. You could maybe say it's similar to the, the conditions in... Um, you're in as well. You need to maybe mm-hmm. flatten the, the for, flatten the forehand or flatten all ground strokes out a wee bit more. Um, yeah. Certainly in the case of the Medvedev catch yesterday, players are having success going to the net more and being more aggressive than trying to defend from the baseline. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's it. I think um, 
it's interesting that, isn't it, that both events kind of you've got, even though one's Guadalajara outdoors, obviously, you've got indoors and Turin, you've kind of got both kind of similar strategy in terms of flattening the ball out and kind of play more offensive tennis. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And we certainly saw players like Bedosa excelling in this sort of, these sort of conditions. Certainly somebody like Sakari, who, okay, she's got a very good forehand, can be a bit predictable. She was trying to be unpredictable by forehand drop shot Bedosa, which it worked <laughs> at times, but at the same time, the execution was just totally wavy. It was up and down, so she, she couldn't yeah. pull it off enough times to beat Bedosa, who's super solid in both wings. Certainly somebody like Sabalenka as well. We saw her unable to sort of deal with the conditions at the start of the week, getting bageled by Bedosa as well. Yep. In fact, there's been quite a few bagels so far. I think Biscova was bageled a couple of times as well, yeah. Um, Krejcikova and Kontovic getting bagels against her. Um, so yeah, a lot of players may be unable to to adjust as quickly as they would like to the conditions, certainly. Yeah, who else, what else have I got here? So yeah, Bedosa has already qualified. She'll be playing Muguruza in the semis so that's an all Spanish semi-final definitely get a Spaniard in the final and we've got at the moment Contivate versus what will be the winner of Sakari and Sabalenka Um, I just wanted to touch quickly as well before we move on on the bizarre well not bizarre but um, the Schwantic Sakari head-to-head which is Sakari won won our third match against Schwantic in a row they've only played three times uh, this year what what's you know it's, it's all been straight sets as well like from from my, for me what's going on i think is that sakari has the pace of shot to bother shontek from the baseline to yep. rush her ground strokes she doesn't even have to place the ground strokes she's just going sort of as you know big as possible to either yep. wing and it, it does the job basically that yeah Reached to be defense. yeah exactly to, to be honest i'm i'm still in hindsight surprised that she beat her so easily and Roland Garros and I think maybe that was just down to an injury rather than form. Yeah, because you think yeah. with the conditions there you wouldn't just be able to blast through players, yeah. especially in the, the clay courts. Um, yeah, exactly. I think, I think the injury and the fatigue factor could, could have played a big part there, but you know, she's backed it up. Um, yeah, but certainly on a, on a quicker court, yeah, Sakari yeah. for the win definitely. I think Estrava and this match made a lot of sense. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, but yes, Fonte was very upset in that match. I don't know if you saw that, Gav. I did, um, yeah. Which, you know, we, we kind of forget a lot of these players are 20 years old, sometimes younger. So Add a weight of pressure on the shoulders as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fingers crossed it doesn't affect her in the future. Okay, uh, should we move on to Stockholm, Gav? Let's move on to Stockholm, yeah. Have you had any time to ponder that Andy Murray question? Just in case you uh, listeners didn't hear it at the start, I, yes, I asked Gav. Uh, uh, by getting beaten by Tommy Paul. It's the fifth time in this season that uh, Andy has been beaten by the eventual champion of a tournament. Can you or Gav name the four other times that this has happened this season? Now, this is a difficult question, Gav. So if you got two, I'd say that's a pass. Well, I've already done outdone myself with a challenge. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah yes, so the bonus point means that you only need two more, I would say. The bonus point still me out of jail. Um, I've not had that much time to think about it, Ruth. Over the episode, if you give me another ten minutes or whatever, I'm okay. sure I will be able to come up with another excuse to give me more time. But yes, uh, I'll I'll think about it. I'll come back to it in a second then. Uh, yeah, okay. Obviously, I'll get on to the loss to Paul in a second. It was a week of mixed um, results for for Andy, and that he beat probably his best. Well, yeah, it's probably his best match. I think his best match probably that he played. 
Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay, so Sinner certainly up there. I think uh, Andy actually did call it his best win of the season himself, I but think I would it be is inclined to agree with you. Sets, you know the way he did it. Um, yeah. Yeah, a mixed week. You're right. Um, I, I certainly thought going into the week, uh, you know, it was going to be difficult for him, and uh, I think getting through his first round in straight sets was crucial. Because it was, mm-hmm. it was touch and go in that second set where it looked like you know, he was set points down. It was like, oh no, this is going to make him have to play three sets. If he wins it, you know, his energy is just going to be depleted yeah. already. Mm-hmm. And getting through that match in straight sets was crucial. Um, and yeah, obviously the win over Sinner was remarkable. Uh, played brilliantly. Tommy Paul, I think, just played very well that day, though, when he beat him. That yeah, week? That that was the whole, the whole week, yeah. Yeah. Tommy Definitely. Paul just got it was like lightning in a bottle, really, just played unbelievably well um so for andy's point of view i don't think he'd be too disappointed there's more positives than negatives i would say there is obviously it stings a bit you know another quarterfinal lost he just can't get more than two wins in a row basically but uh, credit to tommy paul who um he was very tactically varied actually he was coming into the net loads against andy and kept him moving a lot too obviously taking advantage of a long match the the day before against center so You know, smart player, big forehand as well. Like that is actually a proper weapon. Certainly up there with one of the yeah, best. Yeah, I, mean, I watched him in Paris last season against Favrinka, and even though he lost that match, I thought, you know, there's something about this guy that you know he, I, I could see him doing really well um, in the next couple of years, and I'm happy he's got his first title. Um, and he did show that he was very good in the pressure moments. You know, he came back. Yeah. And, you know, was serving for the match in the semi-final for straight sets win, turned that one yeah. around. And Shapovalov in the third set, I think it was was it four all, and Shapovalov had love thirty. 1540 15-40 15-40 that was it yeah I was surprised he didn't break the strings it was like ridiculously consistent heavy hitting and um, I thought Felix was the favourite going into that one I actually thought this is a Same. good chance for him to get his first title and it just I don't know it's just not panned out for him it, it, you know tour level for winning a title you'd think with the talent that he's got he would have, be, have won maybe one or two by now but yeah, out for him. he's in the top 10 today obviously for the first time he is so yeah, that with, off in the blow a wee bit yeah with, with, with his uh, 100 ATP level uh, win as well he yeah. breaks the top 10 he managed to get that 180p win, by the way, faster than five of his fellow top 10 members. So again, a bit of context just gives you an idea of how successful he is at such a young age. You know, faster than Medvedev, Berrettini, Rublev, Harkac and Root. So it yeah. gives you a really good idea. In fact, I don't even think Harkac has broken 100 wins yet. So yeah, he's, 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 still, he's still underrated in my opinion, Gav. He's still underrated, Definitely. yeah. People, you know, we'll say, oh, he's not won a title yet. It's like, but Shapovalov's won one title. And Ojalas has made more finals than he has, mm-hmm. you know, it's like Yeah. Wings and roundabouts at times, you know. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so I mean he'll he'll you know break through it's, but if he has broken through obviously, but he'll get that title at some point, definitely. I I've got no doubt. Um right, before we move on, Gav, can mm-hmm. I push you for the the Andy question? Rotterdam's one. Nice. Better yep. at Queens is one. Yep. And now is the problem. Uh, that's two so you've passed already now it's just like I've got three because of the bonus point so we've got two and a half yeah okay three yeah uh, <laughs> now the problem is you did have that long hiatus at the start of the season um, I'll give you a clue it's, it's after the hiatus 
Both. Um, Do you want another clue? Yeah, please. They're both two fifties. Yeah, I love two fifties as well. It's just sweet <laughs> my bread and butter. Man. Oh my god. There's so many of them. That's the one problem about two fifties. It's tough. Um Met Mets. Yes. Yep. Is Mets. Course it nice. Is. Mets. Bloody hell, hook that mm-hmm. yeah. You basically pass now, Gav. Yeah, it's just one more, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Uh, right, I might need to time yeah. you out in a bit, Gav. Yeah. You're going to kick yourself, maybe. San Diego versus Rude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've got an excuse for that. That was the week that my Wi-Fi was <laughs> so I couldn't watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were off the grid for a while, yeah, weren't you? Off the grid, <laughs> so technically, that event didn't really happen in my kind of tennis watching odds. So you got, you got four? Yeah. So Damn. that's a passing grade, Gav. That's, that's BT's fault for packing in that <laughs> That was good. No, that was impressive. Not bad. I, Not bad. I I completely forgot about the the uh, lost to Marchenko. So yeah, there you go. Biela yeah. challenger, about the first of about a billion Biela challengers that they've had. I think. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was like six or something. Was it? Or was, it even, <laughs> was it even more than that? I'm not sure actually. Yeah, it was bizarre. Right, let's uh, leave Stockholm in our wake and move on to Linz very quickly. The WTA mm. two fifty. This um. Not much to cover here, really. I was just going to quickly touch on Raducanu ending mm-hmm. our season. Well, not early, I guess. It's probably going to be our last tournament anyway, but certainly she had a, le- a leg injury. She sustained yeah. a leg injury in that match um, against, uh, I think it was Wong. So you're still mm-hmm. able to play some really good tennis? Yeah. I mean, I'm not really concerned about that defeat. I think people are getting a bit dramatic about it. So, you know, it's a disaster and all that, I think. I keep saying it, you ought to calm down. You know, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it is very difficult in the women's tour. A lot of very good players. Um, she's just had that life-changing moment of winning a Grand Slam. I think it's actually quite good. She's got the off-season now to kind of think about it, touch base. Yeah. Work with a new coach, get a planned training block in, in place and plan a schedule accordingly. Yeah, definitely. I agree, yeah. And again, like as I say, she saved two match points with some amazing play, four or five down. She's still got champion's mentality, even when she's not playing her best tennis. So yeah, you know, I I wasn't that dissuade, dissuaded by what I saw. Certainly, she was really good. And you were talking about the coach there, Gav. I yep. heard rumours from a uh, Connor from uh, the tennis club specifically. Actually, so it's not the you know I don't know how <laughs> good a source Connor is to be there. honest. <laughs> but this is when I heard it. He said uh, Darren Cahill was possibly in the mix. Not what I heard. But it's not what you heard. Okay, not what I heard, but maybe but he, he's probably got better sources than I do. Not that I've got any <laughs> sources really. I mean. <laughs> All through Twitter. Um, I, I imagine he will be using similar sources, Gav. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I said whoever the new coach is, I just left it at new coach for, right. for that reason. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. we'll see. We'll see, we'll see who happens. it is. I'm sure she'll pick a good coach either way. Yeah. yeah, and then I was also going to quickly talk about the winner of the tournament, Alison Risk. First mm-hmm. title for two years, defeated Jacqueline Christian, who was a lucky loser. She had a brilliant week, you know. Um, I think she lost to Sharenko in qualifying. So the fact she was able to make the final, I think there was only been four lucky losers winning a tournament uh, before on the on the WTA tour. So it's a big deal for, for her to get to the final full stop. However, she was beaten by Risk, who stepped up her game in the important moments, which I don't think she's had a had a history of doing to be honest in our in our previous finals she'd lost seven of her previous nine career finals i think her last six in a row i want to say was it as much as that maybe she won one in 2019 actually 
Um, but certainly a lot of the uh, yeah. ones she'd played before, she'd lost. So for her to, she was four or five down, a couple of points from defeat, and came up with a couple of massive serves. So she played really well, and uh, it's good to see her winning titles again. I remember what I was actually there when she beat Barty at Wimbledon in twenty nineteen, and that was one yeah. of the best women's matches that I've seen for the past few years, anyway. So yeah, good to see her back in the winner's circle. Yeah, good stuff indeed. Yeah. So yeah, leave. Uh, Lynn's alone now, I think, and we can quickly cover a little bit of what's happened in ATP finals so far. Let's just uh, update ourselves in the score. See, we're not even watching Rude Djokovic, you listeners, for your for your benefit. Points for Djokovic at the moment. Oh, he literally has. Yeah, there you go. He's about to win. From what I saw of that match, Rude played a really high level. He saved some set points with some fantastic play. Yeah, I mean, Novak got off to a bad start, I think, and serve. He missed like, a lot of first serves in his opening service game. But I, always, I said, I actually, this is a wee shout-out for my last one in tennis prediction uh, that I did yesterday. Uh, I, I knew that Rude would have to hit his spots and serve, and he didn't do that when he was a breakup. Got broken back, and you know he's always under pressure, Jock, but gradually up his level. And um, I knew after getting that first set that you know the first set was more important for Rude than Djokovic. Yeah. He played better than I thought he would actually, yeah, Rude, um, yeah. considering the conditions. Yeah, Mark but... Betsy rather put him down saying it's way too fast for him and he's got no chance for him. I know, yeah. Bit of hard Rob, well, Robbie had the uh, the comeback, to be fair. You know, he said Kitzbühel and Geneva, I think, or maybe it was Gustav. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, both at higher altitudes than, than yeah. that. So. Oh, a bit harsh from Betsy, yeah. Yeah, other, other stuff that happened as well. Yeah. Berrettini retiring against the Erev, you did touch on that earlier. Yeah. It was actually a fantastic match up to that point. It was really, really engrossing. I mean, it was an hour and 41 minutes, you know, for a set in one game. So, like, that shows you how good it was to watch. But he did yeah, yeah. very nervous. You know, he, he didn't use his challenges effectively. Um, it was a bit tight in the forehand side in big moments as well. I did feel that maybe it was getting to him a wee bit with the home crowd and he was desperate to do well. There was a wee bit more stress yeah. on his shoulders. Especially at the start of the match, he came through a lot of, uh, I think, his first three service games, he had to save break points. So, was very, very yeah. tight. Uh, and obviously, gutting for him, that's an injury that he had at the start of the season. And uh, you think it was an Australian Open he got it, wasn't it? Uh, kind of the yeah, groin, it was. It? It was. So, uh, yeah. Ab, I think. Was it Ab? I think it's his Ab. Yeah, Ab strain. Yeah. So, obviously, that makes it that makes it very difficult to serve. So, it's pretty much unplayable. Yeah. Again, especially for somebody like Berrettini. Yeah, I did feel from particularly at the start of the year as well, because he was playing great at the start of the year. You know, the ATP Cup, he beat team, absolutely demolished team at the ATP Cup, and he, he was doing really well in Australia. That halted his mm. momentum a wee bit, and he, he picked up well, to be fair. Um, especially, in, you know, at the slams, he performed very consistently. Only Djokovic beat him at the slams. And obviously, he won Queens. Had a very good season. Uh, but yeah, really rough for him to go out like that in front of his home crowd. But the only positive is, it's back there for another four years, so he's got the chance to play there again. He's not officially withdrawn either. You know, he's still technically... No, he's not. ...might play, but I doubt it. We'll probably see Sinner playing her catch tomorrow, I imagine. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Very sad, definitely. And yeah, as you say, it was a really good match, quality-wise. Um, there was a lot of amazing shots under pressure, so it's yeah. a shame for that to... Yeah, a shame for that to, to end so early. Yeah, I mean, Sinner would be a good stand-in, to be fair, and it would be good to see have uh, somebody for, for the home crowd to support as well. Yeah. The other match that that's, that's I saw so far as well, Medvedev v. Herkatch. Yeah, fantastic that match. Was a, that was brilliant. Fantastic. Wasn't yeah. it? Herkatch played very well in the first set. Very, very high standard of serving. But uh, what was interesting mm-hmm. was Medvedev, similarly, it reminded me of the Paris final in 2020 that he won. 
you changed tactics, you went into the net a wee bit more, you stood in a wee bit further in in the return of serve and um, you got more success and gradually, you know, he was more the more solid of the two players by quite a margin in the second and third sets. I think her catch maybe lost a wee bit of concentration at times. But no, it was a very yeah. good match, very, very good match and I think that's done me a bit of a favour. You know, giving him a really tough one in his first match kind of sets him well for the rest of the week. Uh, uh, yeah. Also getting a set Definitely. for her catch, maybe that could prove decisive in qualifying. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I'd certainly, I, I think maybe they've mentioned the fact that the fast courts sort of open up the the the, the title for anybody. I, I disagree with that. Yeah. Maybe I think he's maybe underplaying his own chances. I think it really suits it him. Yeah. He made uh, 88% of his first serves, didn't face a break point the whole yeah. match. He's just completely untroubled on serve, basically. He just, you know, slowly grafted himself on advantage, even though he lost that first set narrowly. Yeah, I think Medvedev's the favourite, to be honest. Probably. Up there with Djokovic, I'd say. I, I think he would have the edge over Djokovic in conditions like this, to be honest. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. few things to end on, Gav. Just miscellaneous stuff. The well, disappearance, I think she has reportedly been found, been apparently, and is safe. Yeah, um, but then that was from the Chinese tennis committee, mm, so it's... Probably, probably a bit murky, that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a yeah. very worrying situation, very difficult to comment on as well, because we just we just don't know the situation in regards to where she is, what's happened. There's been a lot of censorship yeah. in China, hasn't there? And, uh, yeah. Facebook. I think even the word tennis has been censored. <laughs> It has, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give I'll give the listeners the 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 whole story just so, so they're aware. Uh, tennis player Peng Shui has accused Chinese China's senior vice premier Zhang Goli, I think, yeah. of sexual abuse on a post on Weibo, which is China's version of Facebook, as Gav says there. Ish, yeah, yeah, equivalent, mm-hmm. I guess. The post was removed within thirty minutes, apparently, um, just after insane censorship from the Chinese government. Peng's name was censored, even the word tennis, which is Wang Kui, I think, in Chinese, was censored. Interestingly, as well, I read this from Matthew Willis's blog. Good write, write up, Matthew. Thank you very much. He said that a similar situation had happened in basketball in the past, in, in the NBA, I guess. He went for a similar situation when the general manager of the Houston Rockets tweeted support for the Hong Kong protesters in 2019. Yep. The NBA was banned from broadcasting yes, in China for a whole that. year yes. as a result. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So were the WTA to speak up, they might be risking billions of dollars worth of revenue and you know broadcasting yeah, deals somebody basically did say well you know guadalajara just shows you don't need china but then what people forget is that the money pot the prize money in china was like more than it is in guadalajara so there's still, oh, there's still there's those loads. implications there but you know obviously the situation is very concerning and you'd hope that the wta would put the morals and morality first over the money well, which is what we like it looks like it looks like they have gaff because uh w wta ceo steve simon said we would be prepared to take that step and not operate our business in China if that's what it came yeah. to. So there you go. It's very, very encouraging. Very encouraging cause that's, yeah. I think certainly with other domestic abuse allegations that went on recently, the they, they Steve Simon was, you know, he encouraged to take action immediately, basically, yeah. and sort of make a stance. Yeah, which he did last night. Exactly. Yeah, it's a very, very worrying situation. You don't want to delve too much into politics, but when you've got censorship to that level, you know what? Very uncomfortable. Yeah. Certainly doesn't sit well with me that you're giving China the privilege of hosting these world class events and uh, yeah, yeah. putting players in that you know in, in that environment when you've got that operating within the Chinese government. 
you're quite right. You're quite right. So yeah, um, lots of support for Peng Shui and hopefully all sort of works itself out. I don't know yeah. exactly what will happen, but yeah, there might be a bit of fallout. But you know, hopefully, hopefully it all gets sorted. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The other thing I wanted to talk about very quickly, just touching on Talon Greek Spur. Eight titles this year, yeah. And winning his eighth in Bratislava. I think he's on a 24 match win streak or something like that. 25 yeah. now. Yeah, probably broke the previous record, I think. Yeah. I, interestingly, this is a really interesting tweet. He wins 63,000 euros for his eight challenger title yeah. wins. When he played the US Open and lost to Djokovic in the second round, $115,000. So, sorry, $63,000 and $115,000 yeah, I mean, in comparison. I think, personally, more money should filter down to the challenger level. I've said that for a while. When you see it in the PGA Tour and golf, like the 100th best golf in the world gets paid way more than the 100th best tennis player in the world. And they've got different, you know, similar tour structure, different tours um, within their, their setup. Just give them a bit more money. It breeds, it breeds more depth, yeah. doesn't you know, it? Like, advertise the, the game better. But I think that's something tennis could do as a whole. That's why I was very keen for events to be put in South Africa. Um, because at the moment, there does feel like a bit of congestion, especially in the North America events. And you've got Italy getting a lot of events. Obviously, Italian tennis is very popular, but is it right that they've got Rome, Sardinia, uh, what was event? Milan. Yeah, Milan. Then you had the, the event that Corda won before the French Open. Uh, the 250 mm-hmm. there. I can't remember what that was called. Is that Romagna, Emilia, Romagna, Parma, maybe? off the top of your head. Does it really sit right that you've got the next-gen finals and the ATP finals in the same country? The present of ATP mm-hmm. is Italian, just like the last present I mean, of the ATP was British and we get the World Tour finals. It's, you've got to try and go to game in other countries for me. Um, you do. Yeah, yeah, you do. But no, I don't want to go into another rant slash hot take. No, it's, a, it's good yeah. stuff. I agree. Yeah. Right. Shall we, um, shall we wrap I up there? So, yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for listening to the end. As always, you can catch our work, myself on jackedward.substack.com and Gav on Last Word on Tennis to see his predictions this week. I imagine it'll be for the ATP finals, maybe Guadalajara. Maybe well. what's needed done. Go check them out. Thanks very much for listening, guys. This has been the Online Tennis Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thanks very much. Great thing. Thank you very much.